Thank you, Lord. I just felt the, the intentionality and the pursuit of the Lord in that. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never gives up on us. So, Lord, we give you thanks for that. We th Lord, we didn't come seeking you. There's no one who seeks you after God. There's no one righteous. No, not one. You came after us, God. You wooed us to yourself. So I we just thank you, Father, that you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, that's fun. All right, kids, if you guys are um, walkers to four years old, you can go upstairs. And five-year-olds and older, you know, with moderation, you can go to kids' church. Just kidding. If you feel like you need kids' church today, you're welcome to join them. They have fun. It's amazing. All right, thank you for all of our people who are loving our babies this morning. So, we do have a couple of announcements. I have them here. Y'all have them up there. All right. They're coming. In your seat, you will find a quarterly bulletin. It's the big paper. It has everything you need to know. Almost everything. It has important dates over the next couple of months, and then on the back it tells you how to connect with us. It has our text and church number. There's also a card there. If you already have a quarterly newsletter, um, then you don't need to take another one, but if you don't, please take that home with you. Um, and then if you, if you do already have one, just put, you can slide both of those underneath your chair. On the little card, it says um, how to give also has the Tidely information. You can also give with um, cash or check um, in the back and in the tithe box, or you can give on our website. So um, our next, Ira Edwards. All right, I'm going to try again. Who knows who Ira Edwards is? Oh, look at y'all. Y'all listened last week. Some of y'all were here last week. Ira Edwards is the Clark County Sheriff, and he's going to be speaking next Sunday, right here. So come, bring your friends. Um, I told a little story last week. You'll have to ask somebody else my story, because I'm not going to tell it again. Um, but he uh, will be fun to listen to and to hear what God has to say through him. He's leading a very important part of our city, and if for nothing else, come Look at him, remember him, and start praying for him. He has an important job. So we need to be praying for him. Ira Edwards. Our small group this week, so we have small group every other Tuesday. That's also on the back of the quarterly bulletin. It's at 1050 Baxter Street, the Athens Link Building at 630 on Tuesday, we had fun two weeks ago. We talked about relationships and, you know, stuff. It was good. We encouraged one another. We got encouragement from the Lord. This Tuesday, Greg Goldcap and Travis are going to talk about evangelism. They're going to talk about how to tell people about Jesus. So if you love that topic, Come so you can share your love. If you're scared of that topic, come so you won't be scared anymore. They're amazing, both of them. Travis and Greg have like a passion for evangelism like nothing I've ever seen. So put them together to teach about it. It's going to be good. You'll learn something and be challenged. Worship night is November 10th. That's also on your quarterly bulletin. We'll be getting more information about that. We have the address and the time, so you can make sure it's on your calendar. All right, and we have a couple of other things that are on your um, quarterly calendar. Um, we have a community outreach on November 18th. That's um, a Georgia game. I should know who, but I don't. Uh, who? Georgia Tech? Oh, Kentucky. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I thought that's too early. Kentucky. All right, so it's a tailgate 
outreach. It's going to be exciting. We'll have more information about that. And we also have our Thanksgiving feast. Who's had Thanksgiving with us before? It's pretty fun. So it's the 19th, and we have Thanksgiving together as a very large family. And it's delicious and really fun. So those are our announcements for today. And Travis is going to come preach for us. Y'all give my wife a hand. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she lovely? I've got all kinds of nicknames for her. Um, I won't go into it, but... uh, (laughs) Well, uh... Yeah, I want to just make my own plug for Ira Edwards next Sunday because um, I've gotten to know Ira just a little bit. And much like Jessica, whenever I first heard him speak, you you feel uh, the presence of the Lord when this guy opens his mouth. One of the things is, is he's got the word hidden in his heart. So as he talks, like the word of God comes out. And you just can't ever go wrong with that. And it's like the word of God is not separate from the spirit of God. So you start speaking the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit starts moving and doing things, um, separating between the soul and spirit and what's lies and what's truth and setting people free. And, and so he's got the word hidden in his heart, but he also, you know, he thought he was going to go into ministry at at one point early in his, earlier in his life. And, but the Lord led him down the path of law enforcement. And the Lord told him, he said, I want to give you the biggest church in Athens. So I'm making you sheriff. And he said, I have a church of 120,000 people, which is Clark County. And so he gets to, um, I'm just, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so excited that we have a man of God in that position in our county. That's a, that is such a blessing. And he prays and his deputies pray. They, they, he said he gave a testimony in one situation. It was a, um, I think it was a domestic violence call that they had gotten. Excuse me. And it sounded pretty bad. And before they went out, the de- one of his deputies said, we need to pray before we go. And they, they, they huddled real quick and prayed before we went, they went out there. And uh, the situation ended up being diffused and, and very, you know, easy to deal with. And not everything, you know, not everything they come across is, is like that, but they, but they pray, and they pray for their prisoners. He, he doesn't look at the jail as a jail. He looks at it as a reformation center. And he he's, he's wants to rehab and reform these guys and give them a hope and a future. And so that's what he uses his position for. And so I strongly encourage you to come, invite people to come. He's If you don't know, he's a black man, and he's uh, experienced, uh, you know, he went to school during segregation, and um, has experienced uh, racism in the workplace, and also he's just got a unique, unique perspective because um, currently, you know, there's you have you know law enforcement where there's some abuse of power, and then he's a black man who's in, in that position of law enforcement. He's also experienced racism, as in his words, on both sides, and so I just think he's got a very unique. Uh, perspective to bring for us and talk about racial reconciliation and he's a man of God and uh, so uh, really invite you invite people to come with you because it's going to be powerful oh was he that's cool he was born in Dublin Georgia (laughs) that's yeah that's where Jessica was born so Um, I won't tell my bad joke about Dublin Georgia it's the fastest growing city in Georgia did you know that? It's always Dublin. All right. I'm going to be here all night. Um, 
So, all right. I want to I want to tell you a story about <clears throat> when I first started seminary. I was going to uh, it was the Extension Center of the New Orleans Baptist Seminary in Stone Mountain. It was my Jessica and I's first year of marriage, and uh, I was taking a systematic theology class, and I go into the class. I'm always, I like to be early. That's one of my uh, calling cards, I guess. And part of it's, I'm the guy that goes to the airport like three hours ahead of time, just because I don't, I'd, I'd rather not be rushing and put under that pressure. If I can avoid the, pr- the pressure, why, why not? So anyways, I'm that guy. Even in college, I would arrive this class 15 minutes early and because I wanted to pick my seat, you know, all that. That's, by the way, that's my seat right there in church. So anyways, um, so we're in systematic theology class and all the guys are, and, and uh, ladies are coming in and, you know, systematic theology, we're going we're gonna to break down doctrine, we're going to break down all these different things that people love to debate about. And already before the class, the first class even started, you got your Arminian guys versus your Calvinism guys, all right? And so just in case you've never heard of that, in a nutshell, if you're Arminian, you believe that you choose God. You make a choice to follow God. If you're Calvinist, you believe God chooses you and you can't help but get saved. Those are the extreme positions on it. And um, guess what? The Bible says it's both. So guess what they're going to do? They're just going to keep arguing. And, um, and so I was like, Lord, I was, just, I was sitting in class. I was like, God, I don't want to get wrapped up in this. And the Lord said, remember the law and the prophets are summed up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the doctrine, all the theology, it's all boiled down into those two things. So whether you're Arminian or Calvinist, I don't have a problem with if, if you if you are that. I just don't think it's either or, it's both and more. Because the Bible says you are chosen, and the Bible also says choose this day whom you will serve. So it's both. <laughs> and, you know, Matthew uh, 22, uh, verses 35 through 40, it says this. I just, the teacher, uh, our lawyer asked Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God, what I, what I just said. And the, and the first and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. So the point is, keep it simple. This is going to be my point today. We want to keep it simple. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 11 verse 3 says, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Some translations say a simple and pure devotion to Christ. And it's saying that the devil, the serpent led Eve astray from this type of lifestyle, a simple lifestyle. How many of y'all heard that song by United Pursuit, Simple Gospel? It really is a simple gospel. And, but we have our carnal minds and our, our, and our carnal flesh that get in the way and try to complicate things. But it's really, if we can just make it about loving Jesus and loving people, then we're going we're gonna to do well. So my first point this morning is, We have to do the first commandment. We've got to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. 1 John 4.19, it says, we love because he first loved us. 
You remember what I, I prayed it this morning. There's in Isaiah 53, it says, there's no one righteous, no, no one, not one. There's no one who seeks after God. So even that desire to seek after God was God pulling you by the hand, descent, pulling you in his direction, wooing you, speaking to you, make, letting you know, it's like, hey, you were created for me, and I created you for myself. You're created for love. But we, if, we, uh, if we try to get the second commandment before the first one, we're going to burn out. Our, our oil's going to run out. We're not going to have any, any fuel. And uh, uh, a guy named Will Ford, he said, if you live for God, you eventually serve people. But if you live for people, you'll eventually stop serving God. So if you love the Lord, the byproduct, the fruit is you're going to love people. Because God loves people. You're going to love what he loves. You're going to hate what he hates. All right? And we tell our kids, you have permission to hate one thing. You can hate the devil. That's the only time you can use the word hate. We even don't like him using the word hate. But we're just saying, hey, just say don't like. You know, but and uh, we, we uh, have those types of things where I think our, our kids have a lot of fun. But we do, we do try to tell them and, and, and instill in them, hey, this is, you don't want, hate is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, where is it focusing? It's okay to hate the devil, all right, because he's out to get you in a <laughs> very bland, that's the vanilla way of putting it. Heidi Baker, um, a friend of a friend, his wife, Heidi Baker came to her in a dream and told her 50% of our people are struggling and 50% of our people are doing really well. And this, the wife said, why, to Heidi? And Heidi said, the 50% that are struggling are relying on their passion for God. And the 50% that are doing well are relying on God's passion for them. And so that's what we have to rely on. I've been guilty of relying on my passion for God of counting on my zeal to, to do the works of the kingdom or even to love the Lord. It's like, Lord, I'm going to love you because I'm, the, you know, I'm just a warrior. I'm, I'm just a warrior. I'm going to fight through. I'm going to, I don't, I don't give up. Now, and then the Lord, he will just gently slay that in you where you're just like, Lord, I feel like giving up. I don't want to do this anymore then you're in a good spot because you're, you're going to have to rely on God's passion for you and understand how much he loves you. When you understand how much God loves you, you're going you're gonna to see other people that way. You know, if you're, really, if you're critical of people or you're judgmental of people, it's usually, um, I guarantee you, that's the way you see yourself. That's the way you judge yourself. Because you can only give away what you have. You, can, you love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're loving your neighbor very critically and condemningly and all that kind of stuff, then you're loving them as yourself. So you're, pro, you're critical and you're condemning of yourself. And so you have to, part of the, the revelation of love that we have to get is God is really well pleased with you because of who you are in Christ. It's not, his love isn't based on you, it's based on him. And he is just unconditional in his love. You are his child. It doesn't matter. You can, my mama always told me, she said, baby, even if you went, if you were in prison, I'd still love you. And I knew, I always, I knew without a doubt, my mom loved me unconditionally. I knew if I had committed the most heinous crime, my mama would come into the jail and come visit me. And that's a microcosm of how the Lord feels about us. David, murderer, adulterer. Paul, murderer. It, you, you can go on and on through the people in the Bible. Mary Magdalene, uh, possessed by demons. Women who were prostitutes. It didn't matter. God never, they always had a place in the Lord's lap. 
So our, our devotional life needs to reflect, reflect this truth right here. So I remember uh, a few years ago, I've told the, this story maybe once or twice about when Josiah was six or seven months old, we had him laying on his back on our bed. And I was doing, a, a, we call it ladybug kisses, where you're just barely touching your lips to their cheek. And Josiah, I did it for 15 minutes straight, which is a really long time. My lips started getting dry. And he, 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 he had his arm, he froze like this. Every now and then he would blink. blink. I, I, would, I was a little worried. I was like, son, are you, are you here? You know, and, but he would, 15 minutes, just kiss this little nibbles on his cheek right here. And I was just like, I told Jessica that I said, I'm just going to keep going as long as I can. Then my lips gave out. So I, I got done. I was, I was like, wow. And the Lord said, I wish you'd do that. And what the Lord was saying, he's like, you need, before you try to love on me, you need to receive my love. So your devotional life, this isn't not only true of him saving you and wooing you to himself for salvation, but this is the way you enter into relationship every day with the Lord. You sit there, and before you even try to pray, you soak in the Lord's love, and you let him love you first, and then you pray. Then you minister. Then you do whatever. But you, you, you just, and what does that look like? It can just be, God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are well pleased with me. I thank you that I'm your son, and I receive your love by faith. Even if you're not feeling it in that moment, that's not, the truth isn't based on your feelings. It's based on the word. And so you, you, you just say the truth. Lord, you love me. I'm your son. You're well pleased with me. You're proud of me. Thank you for loving me first. Thank you that you have a plan for my life, plan, a plan to prosper me, not to harm me, plan for a hope and a future, God. I thank you for my family. You just start giving them thanks, and you start. When you, when you give thanks, it means you got to receive something, right? Kimberly, hand me your phone. Thank you. She gave me a gift. And so you say thank you when you receive something. That's, what the, that's the power of thanksgiving is that it opens you up to receive from the Lord so you can actually give away. So we thank him and praise him for loving us. And that's, out, that's the place that we receive more wisdom and understanding and revelation of God's heart for others. So we keep first things first. We've got to connect with God and experience his love. The second point is loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, as I mentioned before, you can only love somebody as much as you love yourself. That's what Jesus said. And when we, uh, loving your neighbor comes in all different shapes and sizes. It can, be mean, it can mean inviting them over for dinner. It can mean uh, paying for somebody's groceries. But, that, but loving your neighbor is the second. And Jesus said the second is like it, is like the first. And so it's the fruit of the first. Loving your neighbor is the fruit of letting God love on you and you sharing that love with others and with the world. Now, I want to, Matthew 28, this is what we've come to know as the Great Commission. And... Um, it's one of those passages that's been preached so many times probably that we've gotten numb to hearing it. You know, we just kind of pass over it. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great passage, and we need, to, we need to revisit it. So in verse 18, Jesus, he came to his disciples, and he said to them, this is after he's been resurrected, all authority in, in, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now I want to stop right there. How much authority does Jesus have? Where? Heaven and earth. Below, right here, above the universe. I mean, he has all authority. So how much authority does the devil have? None. He doesn't have any. It, it said, the Bible says that the keys that represent authority 
of death in Hades have been taken from him. Adam handed it authority that, so let me start from the beginning. God created man. God gave a man authority to, to rule over the earth. Man sinned, gave that authority to the devil. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, made the way back to the Lord, just like Adam and Eve had in the garden, took the authority, took the keys back from the devil. Now the, the devil has no authority. The only time he has authority is when you give it to him. You give him the keys back. But he does not have any authority that you do not give him. Your authority comes with him. Hey, just give me the keys. And you're like, yeah, that's okay. Here you go. And he deceives us. He tricks you. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. That's how he gets any kind of authority in the earth. So where there's uh, injustice and there's stealing and there's killing and there's destroying, it's because people have come into agreement with the devil. It's not because he has the authority. And so currently, the kingdom of heaven is to destroy the works of the devil. It says, for this purpose, in 1 John 3, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And it says in Acts 10, I believe, I could be wrong, but it says that he, Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. And so he does not have any authority. Jesus has all authority. So, verse 19, so you, in light of verse 18, verse 19 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So as a result of Jesus having all authority, what do we do? We go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Permission has been granted. Authority has been given. Go and make disciples of all nations. So we're baptizing people. We're submerging people in the revelation, understanding the experience of the Godhead. And, we're, and we're, when people come to know the Lord, we, we water baptize them. It's a sign of, hey, your life is over, and your, life, your new life in Christ is now here. When, you go, when they go under the water, baptized with Jesus into his death, raised to new life in his resurrection power. That's why we do water baptism. And a lot of supernatural things can happen during water baptism. I've had friends uh, go out in the spirit when they got under the water. They, some people have come up speaking in tongues after they got water baptized. All kinds of different things. And so it's not just a uh, formality. It's a, it's a powerful thing. So it says baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And why does, why does Jesus mention all, all three of the Godhead? It's because we need a revelation of each one of them. We need a revelation of God as a Father. We need a revelation of God as our Savior. And we need a revelation of God as the Holy Spirit, our helper and our comforter. And so when we get baptized into their name, you get baptized into knowing who they are. You get submerged into knowing. Baptized into their name means their person. Get to know these people. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says... Paul's talking about this. He's talking about three different aspects of the Godhead. It's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that's, who, that's how we need to get to know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then in verse 20, Jesus gave us the greatest promise of all time. Greatest promise, number one promise. He is with us. He is with us. He said, behold, 
When Jesus says, behold, or lo, lo, I'm with you always. He's saying this, like, look at me right here in the eyes. I'm with you. I'm with you even until the end of the age. That's when, when he says, lo, behold, you need to really pay attention to that. Behold. Or he says, truly, truly, or verily, verily, whatever translation yours says, pay attention. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. Lo, behold. He's like, this, need to get this right now. And he's saying he's with us. David Hogan, he'll just, sometimes he just preaches and he says, Jesus is with me. And we've all heard that many, many times. But when he says it, you're like, that dude believes it. And he acts like it. He acts like it. Because signs and wonders uh, follow him. Point number, uh, another point is we need the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you, uh, if you want to turn to Acts chapter 1, you can. I've got it up here on the screen. So Jesus gave the disciples a commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he's giving them the ability to do something about it. I've heard Randy Clark pray. He says, God, give me a heart for the lost, the sick and the hurting, and give me the power to do something about it. And so in verse 1, Y'all remember when you read, when Luke's speaking, he, he's British, if you are here last week. I'm just teasing. Another bad joke that goes with the, the Dublin category. Um, but it says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So you know Jesus' ministry was not over after he was ascended to the right hand of the Father, right? <laughs> He just began to do and teach. Verse 2, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he, he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. You know, when you're sincerely seeking the Lord, God doesn't have a problem proving himself to you. I just am thankful for that. Here are his disciples. They spent three years with him. Three years, every moment of their life for three years was following Jesus around. Nobody knew Jesus better. And yet Jesus, and Jesus even told him, he's like, listen, I'm going to die. I'm going to be resurrected. You're going to mourn. I'm going to, and even though he told them, I'm going, I'm coming, I'm not going to be dead. God's going to raise me up. They still had trouble not, uh, not believing. How many of does that encourage you? The disciples were, were men and just like you and I. And here they are. Mary came from the tomb. He's like, Jesus isn't there. Like, we don't believe you. Two guys in the country were walking. Jesus appeared to them. They told them, Jesus, is, he's resurrected. They're like, we don't believe you. Jesus had to walk through a wall to show them. I'm alive. And it says he, he rebuked them for their unbelief, but he didn't throw them away. He never threw, he's never about trying to throw you away. He's about trying to get you to think right, to think with him. And so he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. Say, proofs. <laughs> While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we have a baptism of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do the works of Jesus. It enables us to walk and walk with God the way Jesus did, to perform the, the works of ministry that Jesus did, the signs and the wonders, the, the words of wisdom and the, the words of knowledge and the healings. 
But we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Now, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he comes in into your life. He, and the Holy Spirit is, is inside of you, and he's speaking to you. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just an opportunity for more, where you can activate gifts in your life. You can activate even more revelation and understanding. And so it's like the Holy Spirit is inside of you for you, but he's on the outside of you for others, if that makes sense. Or you can look at it this way. You have a cup of your, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes into your life and you're a full glass. You're a full glass of water. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're just sticking that glass of water in a full pitcher of water. Does that make sense? So it's just, <laughs> just more water, baby. Just more water. And it gets on, and it's on you to where somebody might touch the hem of your garment and get healed. All right? So that's what Jesus is talking about, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we need that. I want you to turn to, I don't have this on the, the, the slides, so I want you to turn to Mark 16. This is kind of the Mark version of the Great Commission. So this is starting in verse 15, chapter 16 of Mark. Or was back up to 14. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they, excuse me, afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. Say, cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Say, speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. Say, pick up serpents. They will drink deadly poison. They will not hurt them. Say, will not hurt me. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Say, lay hands on the sick. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. Get this. While the Lord worked with them. And confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Say, the Lord's working with me. <laughs> That's good news right there. So many times you might feel like you're taking a leap of faith and you're just like, and God's telling you, you got it, go. Yeah, keep going, you got it, come on. All right, I'm, I'm about to... There's a cliff. It's like 500 feet. He's like, yeah, go. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I'm kind of scared. I know. It's okay. Something. All right. Okay. Sometimes we think he's back there encouraging us to jump off the cliff. When really what Jesus is doing is he's holding our hand. He's like, you ready to jump off this cliff? You ready? On the count of three. I'm Jesus, I'm kind of scared. He's like, I'm right here. I got your hand. You ready? Trust me. You're not going to be harmed. I'm with you. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. One, two. I don't know, Jesus. All right. I'm patient. I'm very slow to anger. All right, you ready now? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Bonza. You know, so it... That's the way the Lord is. He's working with you. Some of us even, have, it's, this isn't, isn't even a bad picture of God. Hey, you're going to do it. You're fine. You're great. Go do it. And we're just like, 
oh, Lord, I'm stepping off the cliff by myself. No, that's, that's not even like a bad picture, but he's, it, the truth is it's even better than that. He's with us. He's holding our hand. He's, doing, he's working with us. This is what co-laboring means. You are a Ferrari, but you're just the shell. Jesus is the engine and the gas, and you just look pretty sitting in a driveway if there's no engine. But we are earthen vessels that contain the glory of God, and those earthen vessels, that water's got to come out. That glory's got to come out. That oil's got to come out. And he has given us promises that will give us the courage. And the more times we ride that roller coaster, the more times we jump off that cliff. How many, how many of you riding, remember riding a roller coaster for the first time? You're like, this is crazy. Or, I mean, some of you may have been amped, you know, just even the first time you're like, yeah. But just, you know, something you did scary for the first time. And then the second, third time, not as scary. And then you end up teaching people how to do that scary thing. Now, listen, when you, when you jump off this hill on your dirt bike, man, you got to like, make sure you bring the front wheel up. You're teaching whatever it is. It's, you become from being, being scared to actually teaching people. And this is what the Lord wants, where we share the gospel. And it's not, um, there's no guarantee of what's going to happen necessarily other than Jesus is with you. There's no guarantee of what it's going to look like. But he promises you that his word does not return void. He's promised you that his heart is for to see people saved and that he wants harvesters in the harvest. And he wants joyful harvesters. He wants joyful harvesters. We have good news. We have good news this morning. We're praying that one day the papers and the news stations will say no bad news tonight, only good news. Is only good news. And when we, when we share the gospel, we're, we're co-laboring with the Lord. Years ago, Jessica and I were in a restaurant, and there was a guy with a hard cast on his leg. And, so, and, and uh, I saw the hard cast, and my first thought was, this guy's not going to be able to test if his leg gets healed. So why do it? Has anybody else ever had that thought? <laughs> and, um, but I was looking at this guy and the Lord said, that's a really good uh, opportunity to abide in me. Because the Lord, that's like, I saw him, he's like, I want to, do you, I want to minister to this guy. Do you want to walk with me? And my, my choice was just to, Anytime he, he prods us to obey him, it's just an opportunity for fellowship with him. It's an opportunity to experience what he experiences. Sometimes people come to know Jesus, and sometimes they may reject you, but it's not unto you, it's unto Jesus, because he's with you. So what are some ways that we can share the gospel? Well, first, let me... Let me, do, let me uh, get to this. I want to back up. So I have a challenge for us as a church. Let me get my lovely uh, model up here. So it's hard to see right now because it's just an outline, but this is the word love, and it's broken up into about 130 different sections. And so my challenge to us as a church is for every person in this church that comes here regularly to share the gospel with somebody just at least once before the end of the year. And when you share the gospel with them, you, you try to get their name. I understand that may not always happen, but you try to get their name. When you share the gospel, you're going to color in a section and write their name in that section. I had an opportunity to tell a guy Jesus loves him this morning at the Golden Pantry while I was getting a biscuit. I didn't have anything else for him other than, has anybody ever told you Jesus loves you, man? I said, he really, really loves you. I'm just feeling his heart for you. He loves you. He said, I, he said thank you, thank you. I, I do know he loves me. I said, that's good news. 
that's good news. And his name was Zach. You know, and so we we want to. This will be going through December, and so every Sunday morning, if you share the gospel with somebody that week, you just come grab a a light marker, fill in a section, and write the name of that person you share the gospel with. All right, thanks, babe. And you can, yeah, it can be more than one. If you end up sharing the gospel with 14 people, you fill in 14 sections. And we, we, hopefully we run out of room when we have to write names around the word love. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to fill, fill up as, as we share the gospel. And so this is why I want to encourage you, if you're like, I want to, you know, I really, it's in my heart to to witness, it's in my heart to share the love of God with people and to let them know the message, the word, that Jesus loves them and, all the, and, and that they can be born again. But I just don't, I don't know how to do that. This Tuesday small group is going to be a really good opportunity to get equipped in that. Greg is in the back. He's going to be leading it. I'll be there uh, cheering Greg on. I might have a, a word or two to say, but... Greg is, carries the heart of an evangelist, and, and he is an evangelist. And so when you sit under somebody who's an evangelist, then that grace on their life gets on you. So you're going you're gonna to walk away feeling empowered to share the gospel and actually feeling excited to share the gospel. That's what happens when you get under an evangelist. And so I encourage you to be there Tuesday night, but I also just want to share with you just what are some ways that you can do this? It's not, it's, sharing the gospel is actually is much easier than you think. You just need six seconds of courage. That's all it takes. Six seconds of courage. Because that's the barrier. Sometimes it's an inconvenient barrier. We're like, ah, I'm getting it. I've got groceries and... I got ice cream. And that person, God, do I let the ice cream melt or do I pray? I don't know. You know, and you got to walk through the inconvenient things sometimes. And you're like, all right, Lord, I'll, this person is worth $5 worth of ice cream. <laughs> That's Briar's, Briar's ice cream. All right. So some ways to share the gospel. You simply tell them Jesus loves them. Some people have never heard that. Some people have only heard uh, Jesus is going to send you to hell. The, The main message is Jesus loves you. And there are consequences for our choices, you know. If if Jesus isn't the way of salvation, then we're wasting our time. He's the only way. That's the truth. You just go do whatever you want if he's not the way. But, the, but people haven't heard that Jesus loves them. And so that's just an easy way. And I want to brag on Trisha right here because she's, just, she's come up to me the past few weeks. And she said, you know, I never really shared the gospel with anybody, but I've told, I told somebody Jesus loves them. And, she's, and she said, I'm kind of addicted to it now. <laughs> so, yeah, way to go, Trisha. Way to go. Um, another way is you can just ask some, somebody, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about or can I pray for you? Just in general. J- Jessica and I used to do that in uh, Northwest Woods neighborhood in Oconee County. We would knock on doors. We had a bag of cookies that said, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, you don't have to be super cool, all right? And so, like, we went on there, and I can't tell you how many, I mean, testimonies we had from that. It was a big neighborhood, and probably like 500 houses. So it took like a year and a half. <laughs> but every, every Wednesday, we'd go out and knock on doors. And it was uh, a life-changing time. So just asking people if, you, if there's anything you can pray for them. You see somebody that needs physical healing, you go up to them, and you're like, Hey, um, what happened to your ankle? I had a client the other day who sprained his ankle and the Lord healed him. His pain left. You know, his, you know, the swelling, he's like, man, the swelling was still there. He's like, but all the pain was gone. 
And part of it is I told him a testimony when I was training at the Omni of a, um, a trainer who had sprained an ankle and he was, couldn't put any weight on it. I prayed for him, the Lord healed him, and he ended up running laps around the Omni. And so I told him that. I said, hey, man, I've seen it before. God wants to do it again. So I prayed for him. He's like, and in my presence, nothing really changed. But then he, he, I saw him the next day. He's like, dude, after you left, the pain was gone. I, I was like, man, I was like, Jesus is alive, baby. He's alive. And so you, pray, you can pray for somebody's healing is, a, is a one way to do it. Ask someone if they know what it means to be born again. You, it's, it's, you know, you can engage in conversation with them. Hey, man, is it, do, you, is, do you know what it means to be born again? Have you ever heard that phrase, be born again? They may be like, no, nah, man. I was like, well, it's, you know, you're born naturally through your mother's womb, but there's another birth that gives you eternal life. And that's knowing Jesus. That's how you, that's how you become, you, you need to be born of the spirit, not just physically. We'll go on, and we can, we'll probably go into this more detail on Tuesday. Another one that the Lord gave, gave me a few years ago when I was doing outreach is tell somebody they're God's favorite. I went into a Best Buy and I said, hey man, has anybody ever told you you're God's favorite? He's like, no. He went like, I mean, he went like this, no. I said, you are. I said, do you know why you're God's favorite? He's like, uh, no. I said, he did the biggest favor for you in the world when he sent his son to die on your, in your place for your sins so you could have a relationship with him because he loves you so much. That's why you're his favorite. And he's like, man. I said, do you know the Lord? And he ended up saying that he was a, you know, he was a Christian. But, he's a, but he was still rocked by, I'm God's favorite. Really? Okay. Um. I said this before, you can buy someone's meal or groceries and just tell them, hey, Jesus loves you extravagantly. He loves and he provides for his children. And uh, that's a fun way to do it. And then just listen to the Holy Spirit. Be creative. Um, there's no, you can't put any kind of lid on what God may ask you to do. It's, uh, I've had like a thousand stories running through my mind, so I, I can't tell them all, but just listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, I will tell you this. When you're trying something out of the box, you actually may offend yourself. You may actually offend yourself. Like, you may do it, and then later you're just like, that was, oh, man, that was stupid. You just offended yourself. That's your mind saying, don't ever do that again. But the Holy Spirit told you to do that thing. There was one, now, there are times where, like, the Lord's telling you, all right, that was good. Let's do it this way. I was, in, I was doing an outreach in Fort Worth, and I was just, that night, I just was, had extra zeal, more than, I was probably the most zealous I was. Now, I say that because listening to the story, I was prophesying to this guy, and I had a word, man. I knew it was a word from the Lord. And I was like, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. And, you're... and a police officer came over, and he's like, is everything okay over here? <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. And the guy I was ministering to was like, yeah, man, he's cool, he's cool. He's like, okay. And he looked at me like, dude, I'll, I'll slap some handcuffs on you. Because I was just like this. And the Lord's like, yeah, all right, Travis, back it off. But that night, we were ministering to a group of girls in, in goth clothing, and, you know, they're all, uh, you know, gothed out, I guess that's what you call it. I don't know what to call it. And, um, and they were, we were, I was sharing the gospel with these girls. There was four of them, and we had a, a, there's some other people. And, and uh, one of the girls says, does... Uh, can you be bisexual and go to heaven? And I could, she was trying to like stump me. And I said, that's the wrong question. I said, the question is, do you know Jesus? You got to know Jesus. That's who goes to heaven. And I said, 
which one of I said, does any of you want to know Jesus tonight? And the other two girls laughed. And one of her friends that was hearing me talk to this other girl was like, I do. And she just started crying as, she, as we led her to the Lord. And so it may not, it's, it's just the Lord. It's like you'll never run out of new experiences with the Lord. And so I want us to stand up. You got anything, babe? Um, I just felt like that um, when we did the drumming thing at, uh, at the end of worship, I felt like that um, the Lord released his warrior angels during that time for deliverance. And so I know that that's a hard thing. Um, but as I sat here and um, listened to us learn, like just soaking in about giving away the love that we have for ourselves. If we're walking in bondage, there's a lot of shame that comes with that. And it's really hard to give love away when you're walking in shame. It's really hard to tell people about Jesus when you're walking in shame. And so I also, one of my favorite things to say is, you know, my dad's a recovering alcoholic. And he got sober in 1991. And um, I always say that the enemy rues the day that he gave me an alcoholic dad. Because I'll spend the rest of my life walking with the Lord to set others free. Like, he's so sad <laughs> right now <laughs> that he destroyed my family through alcohol. Because the... Heaven has taken vengeance on my enemy. And so you're not your enemy. You are not the enemy. And you may sometimes feel like your own enemy. And so I just, and this is, I realize this is hard and a stretch, but if you would like to receive deliverance this morning, I don't just believe we have us here that will fight for you. I really believe we have heaven here. I believe that angels have been released. And maybe you've been feeling something during this message, not really hearing Travis, but maybe something else. Totally good. Um, he's not offended. Um, if you want to come up here, I really believe that the Lord will set you free. Being delivered from something doesn't have to be this, like, um, long drawn out process. Like if you struggle with an addiction or depression or anything like that, we want to pray for you. We want to celebrate your victory. And so it's just an opportunity. There's no condemnation here. We all struggle. We've all been delivered <laughs> or we are going to be. So don't I'm not saying that, but if that's for you this morning, you want people to rally around you and you want deliverance, then I invite you to come up before we do like our worship or any of that. You're welcome to come up and, um, and we will rally with you. Um, our worship team can come up. I'm going to give us just a minute before we start. Y'all can go on up, but don't start playing or anything yet. If anyone's here that would like to see the Lord take vengeance on their enemy. This takes a lot of courage. And she's not alone in this room. So if it's you, I really believe, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just delaying you going to lunch. Come on. Yeah. All right, so Casey, you come get this one. Cindy, will you come pray with Molly? And they're going to pray with you. And our ministry team's going to come up. And if you'd like ministry, come up. If, you, if this was too much for you to come up in the silence, I understand. You can still come. The Lord has something for you. So we're going to worship 
and if you need ministry, healing, during this time, I'm going to ask us to just receive courage, courage to give love away and eyes to see that you are not the enemy. You are not your enemy. You have a real enemy and God will fight for you. So as you receive his love this week, it will empower you to love yourself and to love your neighbor. Holy Spirit, come. Pour yourself out on us. Pour out your love. Pour out your love. Thank you, God. physical healing. We want to pray for you. I feel like if you may be some people here who had uh, some kind of head injury or a fractured skull or something along those lines, if, if you are uh, still feeling the effects of that and still not completely healed from that, we want to pray for you and, and get it settled, get it completely healed.